Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Dave Vu, Vice President of Talent at Local Logic, a location intelligence platform. With over 13 years of experience in talent acquisitions and people operations roles, Dave takes a unique approach to the recruiting process and employs a philosophy of treating candidates as customers. Dave, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. All right. Well, it's great to have you on here. We're excited to talk to you. Before we jump into looking at your interesting philosophy you employ with the recruiting process, I'd like to learn just more about you. Can you walk us through your career path, what led you to a role in talent, and share a bit more about what you currently oversee as VP of talent at LocalLogic? Absolutely. Well, my career path has been kind of interesting. So I'll start off with just right after business school. You know, I started my career in sales at Oracle. While I was there, I was poached by a recruiter who I thought was really engaging, cared about my career path. And so we hit it off. He forwarded me to uh, forward for a sales manager role at an early stage startup. And that's where the story really becomes interesting. The role I was pursuing was the same role that my manager was interviewing for. Interesting. Yeah, we were the last two candidates in the final interview process. Unfortunately, there wasn't a happy ending as he got the job. I didn't know at that time until he announced to the team that he was leaving for said role and in position. But really, you know, after that process, the recruiter came back and said, you know, I didn't have enough experience, but the hiring manager was very impressed with my interview and the potential. And that validation was enough for the recruiter who happens to own his own recruitment firm to ask if I want to switch careers and join um, his firm. So, you know, at the time, tech in Toronto wasn't as big as it is today. So I thought helping to contribute to that, you know, tech scene was very intriguing to me. So I joined him. And that was the moment that led me down my career path. I stayed there for about five years, helped a lot of now established tech companies build their teams. You know, after five years, I moved on to a head of talent role uh, in a bootstrap environment. I gained experience working on the other side of the aisle. You know, it was challenging, but rewarding at the same time. I learned to be really scrappy and resilient. When you're, you're bootstrapping, you don't have enough money. Sure. You kind of have to be very scrappy. So uh, very interesting times. And then from there, I moved on to a VC where they had a talent arm and I helped their portfolio companies build their teams once they received the investments. You know, the founders receive investments. They don't usually know this part of the business. So our guidance was, was really necessary. So I helped them fill strategic roles, advise them on the org chart, the talent market, the roles. We were not only their advisor, but we're also their talent partner. So, you know, we developed deep relationships with these companies to understand their whole business inside out. And then uh, after that, I was looking for a new challenge uh, and, you know, challenge came knocking on my door. You know, I was approached by two founders who were building out an AI health tech company out of New York City using machine learning algorithms to improve cancer detection. Looking back, it was a really chaotic and fulfilling time because when I joined them as employee number one, it was exactly the same time that my daughter was born, uh, my first daughter. So if you ever worked at an early stage startup or you know, your first time parent, you can imagine how scary and chaotic things can be. And now combine those two things together. It was a crazy time in my life. I bet you jumped in the deep end with both feet. That's right. And let's just say, you know, I didn't get much sleep because of both reasons and not much rest. 
but definitely been really fulfilling. And then uh, after that, fast forward to today, that's where I joined Local Logic to help them scale their team from Series A to Series B. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that, Dave. So what was it about talent acquisition and building teams that stood out to you that made you rethink that career path and pursue this career in building teams? I think for me, it was really helping people. When I started to connect with people, have a conversation with them, I realized how important that conversation is with them. And so it was really fulfilling for me. I really enjoyed the conversation. I thought I was going to try it for a little bit. You know, coming out of business school, you kind of really don't know what you want. Some people do. I didn't really, like many recruiters would say, it wasn't something that you kind of planned for to go into recruitment, but you end up there anyways. Yeah, from there, it just really blossomed in, in my career. And I really enjoyed every aspect of it. Right. It found you. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes it's what you experience that you certainly learn from that and it crafts your career path going forward. For you, it sounds like you went through that experience from Oracle going for a position and finding out in a less than ideal way, right? Finding out when, when the other candidate announced that he was taking that position. Uh, and I'm sure that helped craft kind of your positioning and how you then recruit and treat the talent process going forward. Absolutely. That's great. So tell me, as we look at recruiting and talent acquisitions, what do you think is the most important element to building a successful recruiting and talent acquisition program? Yeah, I would say, I mean, obviously there's a few aspects to it. The first one is you just have to have a great talent acquisition team. You know, those guys are right in the front lines, having great conversations with people. They have to have a right mix of skills that can have that deep conversation with candidates. But if I was to like really step back and look at what I think is really the most important element I would say that in today's really competitive recruitment and hiring process, recruitment and hiring is really a team effort. In order to create a great experience for the candidate, it starts with the first engagement and continues through the whole process as you interact with all the different team members. And what that means is really you need to have all the players that are participating in the interview process to be available, to be engaging to really sell the company, the team, the mission, the culture, the people. And so I always say your people are the best recruiters within your company. Sure. So then if you had to look at one key factor a lot of companies are getting wrong that they're missing in the talent acquisition process, what would that be? Well, you know, I've heard too many times that the process can be really long, can be slow, can be really drawn out. With really large companies, small companies, actually it really doesn't matter. And so you lose the candidate to other opportunities because of timing and speed, but also you lose your interest, right? Like you start having a conversation with them, they get really excited, and then you're going through this really slow process. I hear of processes lasting in some places like six months, eight months. Wow. You know, can you imagine like trying to go for a job, ready to make that move in your career, and then now you're sitting there waiting for six to eight months? It's pretty demoralizing. So that to me is probably the one area that I think needs to change for most companies in order to be as competitive as possible in this environment. Right. I mean, that's that idea of breadcrumbing or ghosting that has certainly come to prominence, I think, on both sides, both right. in the from the candidate side, but also from the employer, from the hiring side of not having that open communication, not having that frequent communication. And to your point, having there be a loss of interest in the candidates, you may have found that great candidate, but if they're out in the market, they're probably looking at other opportunities as well. So acting and being actionable certainly seems to be a benefit to the recruiting process. Are there steps that organizations can take to fix that problem of timing? Yeah, I would say it's really understanding your process really well 
and also having a very clear strategy and, and directive in terms of what you're looking for. It's, it's really important to be able to set that out in advance, do all the homework with your hiring manager, understand what you need, have all the players understand what what is their assignment within the process itself. Right. And, and I think that really will make the process as smooth as possible. And that goes back to what I was saying about is a team effort, right? It's you need to buy in from all the, the players. These are executives. These are leaders. These are hiring managers. They're busy building products. They're busy selling products. They're busy doing other things. And you have to make sure when you're having this conversation about hiring that they're an integral part of that process. And so in order for them to make that successful and find the right candidate for their own team, they need to be bought in. They need to be participating. They need to be fully involved in it. So uh, once they are, though, you'll see that process becoming shorter in terms of like the stages, the timing, and also just much more enjoyable process for both ends, for the candidate and the, the people on the other side doing the interviews themselves. Right. So what would you say is a realistic timeline then with communicating what should be expected of hiring teams as you go out in the market and you're finding these great candidates to know, hey, we need to be checking in every two weeks on our candidates, or we need to be making sure from initial interview to maybe hiring decision, we can't go past two months. Is there a, a realistic time frame to set on a lot of these? Yeah. So for us, it's, um, you know, when somebody applies and I tried really hard, but it gets harder as we have more people applying and we grow bigger and bigger, but within 24 hours, I want to reach out to them. Whether we're going to say no and move on or we want to move forward with them, we just want to give them some sort of signal so they can move on to find other opportunities or they, they know that they're going to be preparing to go through our process. Our process, we try to keep it within two weeks. It doesn't always happen, but two weeks meaning like, are we going to move to some sort of like decision at some point? And then we, you know, we, can, we can extend that if we need to, but at least try to make it so that there's a lot more frequency within the communication within within a short period of time in terms of communication itself like reaching out to the individual there's no really set amount that i can say like you know you have you have to communicate once a day type of thing uh i would say it's more fluid kind of communication and like the engagement back and forth with the candidate you kind of feel it but you you know as soon as they reach out you just make yourself available you reach back out to them you just want to be able to like have a conversation with them to like prepare them for the upcoming stages in the interview, answer any questions they might have, clarify a lot of things that sometimes in the interview process could be rushed. As you know, when you're in an interview, you're skipping through a lot of things or you're talking about a lot of different topics. There's questions that they might want to ask or they have follow-up questions that you might not be able to do. So we just want to be available to them after the interview process and we make that super clear for them that uh, we're there for them. I love the idea of having fluidity in the interaction, in the communication back and forth. We see so many steps being made to automate processes, right? And this seems like one that's an outlier that you can't really automate, that there's got to be a bit of just a personal feel to it to know, hey, this is the right cadence to following back up. And you can't just necessarily put hard deadlines on communication, that it's got to be fluid. Yeah, the way I see it as well is that can only be established if the pool that you have going through your pipeline is is relatively small and you can have that very personalized touch point. And so you can have these like great personal conversations with them and reach out to them in this fluid manner. And so all the work has to be done on the front end to make sure that, you know, you could still put in some automation uh, in the front end, but right. when you start picking the people that are going to the next stage, you want to create that great experience. And, and that's really, you can't automate that. 
That's great. So talk to me then about the great experience, the personal experience, and the philosophy that you employ of treating candidates as customers. I want to know more about that and understand the benefit that that brings to a team. You know, I'm a big fan of Jeff Bezos. You know, he knows what he's doing, obviously. Um, he's customer obsessed. He has a mentality. I read about that quite a bit. I know it's a big ethos from that company. You know, a former colleague and a friend of mine, Arsham, who I work with at, previously at Ezra, he went to Amazon recently. He said that that philosophy runs throughout the organization. So whatever they do, whatever they create, they're hyper-focused on the customer. And they're all about creating amazing experiences for that customer. And they do everything they can to cater to that need. To them, that's the most important focus. For me, that's just kind of the same philosophy. I want to approach talent acquisition and instill that into my team. You know, we look at every candidate like a customer. We need to create the best experience for them. And that goes to what we just talked about in right. terms of personalization and, and having that engagement and be able to be there for them. Um, and the other thing really for me is I put myself in the candidate's shoes. They're looking for the next career move and giving up their time to apply to us doing the research, you know, I look at it like an honor. So for us, and especially in a competitive market, the fact that they're interested in, in us, I want to, to give them back that experience so that they can walk away with a great impression of who we are, whether they join us as a team member or, or not, but at least they'll have a great impression of us. Yeah, so much of that is in branding as well, right? And yeah. the candidates you don't select, They'll still talk about you and there'll still be a reputation that will go out into the job market. And you want them to come away feeling like, hey, that was a great experience. Whether I got the position or not, they handled things well. And it's a great place that I maybe want to still apply to down the road. And I think that even just, again, cultivates that stronger pipeline going forward. Yeah, we've had a few times where candidates that got rejected and I'm having a conversation with them. They end up telling me the experience was great. So whether they got the job or not, they just felt like they were treated with such respect and, and also being able to move through the process quite rapidly. So I think at that point, I feel like we've accomplished what we were setting out to do when it comes to the treating candidates as a customer. It's one thing that I'm trying now to measure. It's hard to measure that, but it's something that I'm starting to see that might be interesting data point for us to start capturing. Right. I mean, you're building a, a relationship really with these candidates from the moment they apply. And that feedback is so crucial through the entire process. And even as the employees become hired, they're already building an understanding of who you are and what you are as an employer to them. So I think, yeah, from that initial point, taking that seriously and treating them like a customer is so crucial because, again, you wouldn't maybe overlook and ignore a customer of your business. Yeah. So in the same way, you've got to look at your employees. That's right. So Dave, then what are some processes that talent and HR leaders can introduce into their organizations to create a system of growth, development, and even commitment from their existing employees after, again, they accept the offer and, and they've now onboarded and they're starting careers with your company? So for us, I would say the experience doesn't end once they join us. If anything, I look at it like a string. It's connected all the way through until they leave the company or even beyond that. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Yeah. But we have a people first philosophy internally, which means that we, we're there to remove barriers, create an environment where the employees can come in and thrive and be themselves. We spend so much time and effort recruiting these individuals, going through the interview process. You know, we encourage them to speak up, be themselves, be innovative and creative. So once they come into the company, we wanted to, to do all everything we can in order for them to accomplish those things. And also, I think 
in creating that type of environment, you know, you create a very genuine environment where the employees care and they, they see it. You, we don't have to talk about it. They just see it in our, in our daily actions. And then from there, they're going to be our best advocates. And, and I, I mentioned it being a team effort when it comes to recruiting. They're going to be the, the recruiters. They're, they're the ones giving us the referrals. They're the ones talking about us. They're the ones you know, telling their network. And also when they're in the interview process itself, you see their passion, their excitement, and you know, they're not really trying to convince the individual. They're just telling the individual about their experience. And so for us, like creating an overall great people first philosophy is kind of the first step. And it makes it really easy for, for the employees to be an advocate for us. Right. And that goes back to the point you made earlier about getting everybody to buy in. And really yeah. creating that strong team culture and just that strength across the board where, again, everybody is on the same page and really believes in what the team is doing and what you're there for and feels appreciated. That is so vital. And it's important to note, too, that this probably won't be the last position or the last company that your employees are at. So they'll go on to other roles and other opportunities and will speak about their time with your company. And so creating that positive experience only helps out in the market, as you mentioned. You're recruiting even after you're done, or you've got now recruiters out in the field who can be advocates for your organization. So creating that great experience is so vital. Plus, you've got tools such as Glassdoor or yeah. LinkedIn that can be very transparent and will let future candidates know what to expect. Yeah, we had an instance actually recently where one of our earlier hires ended up leaving the company for a new challenge. And new hires were coming in, going through our interview process, reached out via LinkedIn to have a conversation to say, how was your experience? Because you're in this role that I'm going to be coming into. And, you know, when I talked to the candidate, the candidate said that conversation alone really sealed the deal for me because you had somebody that left the company with such great um, experience being here. When I talked to the individual, they were very genuine in terms of what you were trying to accomplish. And so, yeah, even after being here, they were a great advocate of us. Right. And especially if we're in the era of the great resignation and with hiring being such a challenge over the last two years, that can be sometimes your advantage over other opportunities, right? Where talent may have a few different options to know that hey, I'm going to a company that I'm appreciated and it's a great experience and people can advocate for that yeah. can be the advantage that maybe you have over salary or other factors that you may not have control of. And that can be really your ace in the hole. That's right. All right. So Dave, what do you see as the future of the recruiting process going forward? We're entering in a new time for so many companies coming out of such a different last two years, but so many companies are now looking to go forward and saying, hey, we're either returning to the office full time or we're coming back as hybrid or we're fully remote operations now. So what's that future of recruiting in this new world? Well, to me, I look at it like it's exciting, but it's also challenging at the same time, right? It's exciting because we can tap into a larger pool of talent that wasn't really available before. It was bound by geography. But now we can actually look at the best talent across the world. You know, the challenging part for us comes in with the logistics side of things. Because you're able to go out and reach out to so many people, the interview coordination in different time zones can be challenging, especially on the, the team side when you're trying to get multiple people to, as I mentioned, to be available for interviews itself. That also means that because now we can tap into a larger pool of people, other companies can do that as well. Sure. So now, you know, it's very competitive. You have companies coming in and competing in, in our space that probably wouldn't have competed here before. For me, the bigger challenge is really more once they join. So 
the communication in different time zones with teammates, the expectations, the coordination, that's a big one. Obviously, payroll, taxes, you know, all the operation side is a challenge. You know, maintaining culture without being there in person, you know, that's something that we are constantly facing all the time. And there's no right answer right now. You know, I'm talking to counterparts in, in my industry and, and everybody's trying to solve that, that piece. You know, that goes to that connectivity with people as much as you can because you might have people that are in the office part of the time, they're not in the office. So you don't, you don't have that continuity that you would have if everybody was in the office. And then the final one, I think for me is really interesting. I've been thinking quite a bit about it is because now everybody's in a remote environment, ensuring visibility into people's work and being recognized, I think becomes harder and harder. Because once you're in the office, sometimes you get that that uh, cooler talk or you get to hear like celebrations sure. in different teams that occur. But in a remote environment, individuals can accomplish great things, but you might never hear it. You tend to hear about the larger wins from a team at the all hands. You, you know, you don't have time to go and shatter everybody. We try our best to do that. And so people are bound not to get recognized. So I think that's a big challenge to have more transparency and recognition in a remote environment. And I think people thrive for that recognition. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because you're right. You may have that talented employee who, if they're not vocalizing what they're working on, that work may not get recognized. They may be doing some great work, but you need to have, and this comes to team leaders, need to understand and, and figure out ways to advocate for their team members and the great work that they're doing and be really intentional with that work. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that'll be such a vital piece. I, I think what's also interesting too that you mentioned is the idea of corporate culture and how that really is going to be impacted going forward. And to me, it makes it so important to build a strong mission statement. You go back to mentioning Jeff Bezos and having that customer obsessed approach and that being part of their mission statement. I think that really applies to so many groups as we enter this new phase of saying, hey, we need to have a clear mission, a clear brand of who we are that can tie in everybody, whether they're spread out across countries or across various time zones to all understand this is what we're working toward. This is our goal. Yeah. And I also find with what you mentioned about the mission statement that sometimes the mission statement and the vision will stay the same or it does get tweaked. But the culture, I find that it's now more fluid than ever before as well, right? Because culture can be a certain way once you're in person and it will be a different way once you're remote as well. And so the adjustment is what I think a lot of companies are struggling with or they're trying to, to catch up to and, and adjust. And I hear that all the time from employees and candidates. So yeah, that's something I think a lot of us are thinking about. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. So Dave, do you have anything in the recruiting space that you're excited about that you think is coming in either technology or in process that could be a game changer? Yeah, I think there's a couple for me. Um, I would love to see what happens with automation and AI in this space. Right, I came across a couple of companies that are working on this. We talked about replacing that engagement. I don't think that'll ever be replaced when you're trying to have that really personalized touch point, but there's so many pieces of the process along the way that could be automated. So I'm interested to see as technology gets better, you know, what can happen there. We have so many stages in our process that I feel can really be simplified and also get better. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what, what comes up in, in terms of technology. That's great. Well, look, we're here with Dave Vu, president of Talent at Local Logic. Again, a location intelligence platform. 
Now, Dave, you gave us some really great information about the recruiting and talent acquisition process, but I want to learn a little bit more about you now. So we've gone through so much change over the last two years across the board. Every one of us has changed and learned something through the experience of the pandemic. What have you learned that has made you a better leader since March 2020? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the two that jumps out for me is really to be more patient and to be a better listener. And that applies a probably not just professionally or in HR, but it probably applies uh, personally as well. You know, one thing I did learn is I can move as fast as I can and to execute and, you know, to cross things off my list and do all these tasks. But I really need to give time for things to develop and play out. You know, it helps me to look at the situation with much more clarity. And also the patient gives me time to let things develop from not myself or the situation, but from teammates as well, right? As they go ahead and create and execute things do take longer than expected, especially in a startup environment and things are shifting and changing and there is ambiguity. So I think patience is one of those things where I learn a lot during these two years. I've actually started meditating, which really helps in that space. Nice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kobe Bryant. And so I read a lot of what made him really successful. And he talked about once he started doing meditation, that really made him focus a lot more. And so it definitely helped me ground myself and and keep me really focused and then going to listening i would say it's a work in progress my wife probably says that it's an area i definitely need to work on constantly (laughs) (laughs) but uh i think I'm, i'm making some strides there but really i find that taking the time to really listening to people within the company or just talking to candidates you get a deeper appreciation of what makes people tick i think in in this day and age too often, we're too quick to judge people and, and we want to talk over people. I think we need to do more listening. And once you do that, you get to connect with people on a deeper level. And I truly believe those two things are, at the very least, really important foundational skills of becoming a great leader. That's great. And, and again, those are great learnings. And then that all ties back to that meditation philosophy of being present, right? You're present, so you're not worried about the next steps and the step after that. You're, again, letting things play out, but also listening and being in the moment. So yeah. that's great takeaways there, Dave. It's a work in progress, you know? As everything is. Yeah, I, I think I'm doing a great job, but I'm sure other people in my life might say that uh, I still need to work on it. Well, it's a good lifelong <laughs> mission there uh, to grow into. So Dave, as you've really grown through your career, do you have one piece of business advice that you could share to our audience of HR professionals? Yeah, this is a piece of advice that I wish I knew earlier in my career because I think I would have been able to to do a lot more. I would say to prioritize and simplify. Uh, So in a world where you're doing so much, and especially in this role, you could overextend yourself quite a bit. It's really important to prioritize what you can accomplish. So you can make the most impact each day. You know, you can only pick a few things that you can do and really focus on. Pick those things. And the other things will be there tomorrow. And that's where simplicity comes in. Because once you simplify the process, it makes the whole thing more repeatable and allows for results to come quicker. That's some great advice. Thank you there, Dave. So Dave, do you have anything you're excited about either going on in your personal or professional life that you want to share with our audience? Yeah, like right now for one of the things that we're working on to implement a local logic, that's something that I would say it's very different. We talked about recognition. And so we're working on creating a way to improve that recognition, make it more meaningful and lasting. 
So we're trying to create these NFTs to give to employees to recognize achievements when they've accomplished something. The way we look at it would be a digital trophy case that you've accumulated over time that's lasting. It's part of the company's history. It's part of the employee's history. So we're excited to try new things. We're always experimenting. Even though I'm in HR, I feel like sometimes I wear a product hat because we're always trying to experiment with different processes, you know, different interesting products. And so this is something that we're excited to try out, see if it works. And you never know. That's that startup mindset of yours, right? While you do wear the HR hat predominantly, there's a few hats to switch into. So that's, that's a really smart and innovative way to look into rewarding and recognizing employees. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And for any of our listeners who are more interested in learning about Local Logic, do you have a site that they can visit to learn more? Yeah, you could go to our site, locallogic.co. All the information's there. You can look me up on LinkedIn as well. Don't hesitate to message me. I try to get back to everybody. And there's been people that reached out for advice in their career, and I've carved out time. People have helped me out throughout my career, and so I'm just giving back and paying it forward. So happy to have conversations with people. You practice what you preach there, Dave. You treat your uh, treat your people as customers, right? Absolutely. Keep an open communication line. So that's so great. Again, thank you so much for sharing all this great information with us, Dave. So one last thing before we wrap up here. You wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Oh, that's a great question. I would say it's um, it's my daughter, right? She's three. I realize now she's a sponge. She absorbs everything that I do. And so it makes me think twice sometimes of, of things I say, things I do, because I do want to be a great example for her. But yeah, she motivates me to do better. There you go. That's a great motivator and a great way to go out. So Dave Vu, Vice President of Talent at Local Logic. Thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great speaking with you today, and I hope we can do more. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Dave, and we'll talk soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.